Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso, and once again, I'm pleased to have you join us. It's always good to see you, and at the time of this recording, you know, we're at 17 million listens throughout my entire podcasting career, and now that you're listening, of course, we have one more, so I want to thank you for faithfully listening every week and sharing this with your friends, because you know, friends help friends succeed. That's how we get along and excel. And those friends could be a coach or a mentor as well. So keep that in mind as you listen to this episode. And also very important, this is critical. This is all designed to help you and your friends turn your vision into reality. And today we're chatting with someone at the top of their category, an elite entrepreneur. And we're going to discuss living like an Olympian with Bree Seely. Now, we don't all compete at the Olympics. Most of us have probably never seen one live, and most of us have probably never been in one. And I've met an Olympian in person once. I think this was before he went into the Olympics, and I've interviewed some Olympic Olympians. Have you ever met one? Have you ever been to one of these events? And if you haven't, you may also wonder, well, what does it mean to live like an Olympian? As an entrepreneur, you have products and services, you market, you sell those for revenue. That's how we live. That's how we eat. That's how we take care of our family. Well, is your revenue in the bronze, silver, or gold range? How about your products and services? Are they, are they up to snuff? Uh, as an old expression, you may, we, we may not know what that means anymore, but do they cut it? Are, are they really good products and services? Do they fall apart? Do they last? Where, where are you? Do you know what range you need to be in your category to win the bronze, silver, or gold? These are really interesting, thought-provoking questions, right? Well, I want you to meet Bree Seely. She's Google's top-ranked number one entrepreneur coach. Yeah, she's number one on Google, and she's helped thousands of entrepreneurs around the world begin their entrepreneurial journey and create their first six figures and even scale to revenues of a million or more. And as an entrepreneur, you probably know that rush, that scintillating, is that a good word? That scintillating feeling when you hit six figures, it's like, wow, it's so cool. And when you get up to seven, it's like, wow. Well, she helps people do that. So pay attention to this. Also, she's a member of the Forbes Coaches Council the author of the best-selling Permission to Leap, host of the Success Diaries podcast, whom I've had the great distinction and pleasure to be on. Yay. And here's the list. She's appeared on the Today Show, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Yahoo, and now the Tony D'Urso Show. That says it all. Let's get into it. Hi, Bree. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. We get to flip the script a little bit. I loved interviewing you, and now we get to continue our conversation here. That's right. It'll just be like uh, part two. Exactly. Well, Bree, we're looking forward to learning more about living like an Olympian and also part two of helping entrepreneurs. And I've got a lot of questions, 
just it's such a big world. It's like we don't all know it all. There's so much to learn. But just before we get into that, can we fill in with your backstory and can you tell us how did it all start for you? Yeah, so I was raised by an entrepreneur. So I very much grew up also as an only child, essentially dancing to the beat of my own drum. So when it came time, I, I had gotten my bachelor's and my master's both in fashion design. And when it came time to kind of getting, you know, a real job, I wanted to still have my creativity. And so I kind of accidentally started my own fashion label. Uh, fast forward eight years from there, I was dressing celebrities. I've dressed Tony Braxton. My designs of were on The Bachelor. Um, I was doing LA Fashion Week, winning awards at Phoenix Fashion Week. I was selling to Zappos on the cover of Apparel News, like all sorts of big, amazing, crazy things. And at the same time, concurrently behind closed doors, I was miserable. I was having panic attacks. I admitted to my mom at one point that I, I kind of didn't really want to do what I was doing anymore. And I kind of didn't even really want to stay on the earth that much longer and just was having a lot of struggles and was at kind of a, a pivotal point in meditating and heard a very clear fashion, isn't it? Shut it down, walk away. And so within 72 hours, I closed my fashion brand of eight years and ventured into the unknown. I had no idea what was next for me, uh, but I knew that I wanted to remain an entrepreneur because I needed to, again, dance to the beat of my own drum. And so I uh, started cleaning out my email inbox one day and realized that entrepreneurs had been emailing me for years, asking me to help them with their businesses. They wanted to know how I'd done what I had done with my business. And at the time I had said, oh, I don't do that. I'm a fashion designer. Go talk to someone else. Um, but I used those emails as signs and nudges from the universe to move in that direction. So I started my very own coaching business. And by the following year, I had my first six-figure year. And it's just been onwards and upwards since then. Best-selling author, Forbes Coaches Council, all sorts of great things. But really, at the end of the day, my mission and my passion is helping entrepreneurs be successful because... There's a lot of ways to misstep. There's a lot of ways to fail. There's a lot of misinformation out there. And my passion is just to eliminate all of the struggle, all of the, the frustrations with entrepreneurships and really help entrepreneurs succeed on their own terms. That's quite fascinating, Brie, for any entrepreneur to start any endeavor, a, a brand new endeavor. And by the next year, hit six figures is significant. It's quite amazing. And it's today things are changed a little bit in terms of it can be done faster because there's more tech apparently for, it depends on what you do, of course, but still six figures is rock solid, amazing milestone. There's people out there. They haven't hit it for many years. I, I hope more and more of them listen to this because you can all do it and you can do it faster than you think. Listen on. We're going to talk more about that. I wanted to go into, I understand that you went into that business coaching. I want to go into that vision. You saw, Hey, I can help entrepreneurs do this. I, I, we, I can help them be successful as well. Take us down that road where you saw this as your path, your vision path. And, and you saw this is where you're going to go. This is the interesting thing about visions is that I don't think we're always given the full vision in the moment, right? I think had I been given the full vision that day in March, I might not have said yes to it. 
because it's so much bigger than I even knew that it was back then. So that March of 2015, all I saw was that sliver of this possibility is available to you. And I said yes to that. And the second I said yes to that, then the next step appeared and the next part of my vision started becoming clear. And then, you know, so I think for me, my visions don't always come in the totality because sometimes if we get the totality of it, it can be a little scary. <laughs> when I first started my business, you know, all I really wanted was to survive basically, right? To cover my bills. And then within a year, hit that six figures. And just like you said, I'd been an entrepreneur for eight years and hadn't hit that mark yet. And I did it within a year for that business, right? So that then expanded my mind into so many more possibilities. And at the end of 2016, a healer of mine was like, you're meant to be a seven-figure business owner. But I think had I started with, I want to be a seven-figure business owner, it would have been like, I would have been paralyzed and terrified and like not move forward with it. So one thing I would love to share with your audience is you don't always have to have the full vision in order to take the first step. In fact, I would say you probably will never have the full vision. So take that first step, use whatever sliver, whatever glimpse that you have of what that is, take that first step. The next step is going to open up. Your vision is going to become clearer. Like it's all going to start unfolding. But it takes with you, it takes you saying that first yes and making that first commitment for the rest of it to really unfold. Very wise. And I really like that answer. And I appreciate that. It's very, very true. You don't necessarily know everything that's going to happen, but you know that this is the road you're going on. You're going to help entrepreneurs. You're going to coach them. You have certain insights. And some people, it's just so easy to help others expand you know i've i've had some great guests on my show and they just fall some of them just fell into being a coach or a mentor and they become so good at it that they're helping other companies make six seven figures and it's just they didn't go to school for a coach necessarily though they've trained later but some people just have this knack i guess and you realize that this was a, where you were going to go and that you would do and be successful at it and I think behind it is a purpose. Why? Why did you go down this road? What What was the reason for you doing that, Brie? You know, at the time, it's again, like I just had that sliver and I just said yes to it. And I, I didn't really understand or fully see the entire landscape of why I was saying yes to it. And so now, seven years later, I can fully tell you that I am here especially to help women make more money in the world. And I, I believe the easiest and quickest way to do that is through entrepreneurship, right? We, When you're working for yourself, you get to dictate how much you make or how much you work or how much impact you have in the world. Whereas if you're working for someone else, you just don't get to control that necessarily. So, you know, but that's, again, unfolded over a course of seven years. Back then, all I knew was, so I mentioned previously that I had that day job. I had that day job for seven of the eight years that I had my fashion business. So I was not a full-time entrepreneur for the majority of that experience, um, but I was a counselor. So it was interesting when I started doing this business that I had this seven years of counseling experience 
and eight years of entrepreneur experience. And then all of a sudden now I've looked back and I'm like, oh, of course I'm an entrepreneur coach because I basically took the two things that I was doing at the time, combined them into one and started doing them on my own terms. We're talking with Bree Seely about living like an Olympian. And it's a very unique name. Once you hear it, it's unmistakable. You'll always remember it. Bree is B-R-I. Seely is S-E-E-L-E-Y. And you can find her at BreeSeely.com. Bree, let's get into your vision path and go more into this. And let's head it right from the beginning. What do you believe makes someone an Olympian? I really think a lot of it is mindset. You know, we look at the difference between, you know, an average athlete and an Olympian. A lot of them don't have, you know, different body types or different body masses or things like that. A lot of it really truly is the beliefs that we hold and the way we see the world and what we believe that we're capable of. So, you know, I believe that everyone can live like an Olympian because we all have the possibility and the opportunity to cultivate the mindset of success. I like that. And part of being Olympian, which we're translating into the entrepreneurial world is, is practice, but we have a product, we have a service that we produce, but Olympians, what they do is in our minds, and I, and I don't mean to be silly or be disrespectful, but you go out there and you practice. You you run, you practice running. You you pole vault, you practice pole vault. You swim, you practice swimming. You practice, practice, practice. The more you practice, the better you become. That's the theory. And many of the gold medalists will agree with that. But here I am. I, I produce widgets, I shoes. I produce really nice custom watches. I I. I embroider clothing, uh, logos on clothing. I do all sorts of things as an Olympian. So how can I take that ideal, that concept of an Olympian going for the gold and, and all that they practice and do really, really, really good at it? How do I take that into the entrepreneurial world and use that? Um, I really think it's about continuing to get your product and your service in front of your ideal customer, right? Like that's the practice that is required to have a successful business. And I can't tell you how many times I've met people that are like, well, I started a business and I put a website up, but I didn't get a single sale. And I'm like, who did you talk to about it? Where did, where did you put it? You know, who did, who did you network with? Who did you have calls with? Did you announce it on your social media? Did you Were you talking about your knowledge, your expertise, your value all the time? And they're like, well, no, I just put a website up, but no sales happened. I'm like, do you know how many websites are out there in the world? The likelihood of your ideal customer finding a brand new website is like billions to one. So you know, in order for your business to be successful, you have to practice getting it out there over and over and over again. You have to practice communicating your value, your impact over and over and over again. You have to have conversations. You have to do podcast interviews. You have like, there's so much that goes into that practice. And so 
that's really where you sharpen that iron. It's not necessarily in, you know, building out the revenue streams or building out the product. It's in getting that in front of the eyes of your ideal customer day after day after day after day after day on repeat for decades. All right. Well, let me see if we can take this one step further because I'm really tracking with it. I really get it. If practice helps us get the gold, get the medal and be successful, and there's a degree to it, so we should just keep promoting more and more and spend more time promoting, marketing, talking about our products and services that would help us get that medal? Yes, and, you know, there's going to be moments and, and athletes face this as well, where they have a practice that goes really poorly, right? So it's not just about getting it out there, but it's about getting it out there with precision, with strategy, with, uh, you know, a plan behind it. So it's not just throwing it out there and hoping that something sticks. It's about going in and saying, okay, I did this thing. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. And here's how I'm going to do it differently next time. So people don't like marathon runners don't just run for the sake of running, right? It's like, oh, I had a cramp in the 13th mile. So next time, what do I need to adjust or do differently to make sure that that doesn't happen, right? So yes, getting it out there, but getting it out there with intention, with strategy and understanding what works and what doesn't work so that you can keep refining every single step of the way. Bree, so many businesses per statistics fail. We are, we are loaded with, you know, different, uh, I, I, I should have them, I should have them handy. So many statistics failed, you know, the SBA says 80% of people don't pay back their loans in five years. I, I could be wrong or that they don't make it in 80% of people that get the big, uh, corporate or, uh, Investor infusions don't make it. There's investors that they know most of the businesses they invest in won't make it, but out of five, maybe one could hit that and be that unicorn. There's businesses, unfortunately, that just don't make it. And we're going to talk about getting a coach and, and changing that in just a moment. But on this one particular track, when a, we run into this, a business, we see it, our friends, we see it in family. They start a business, it didn't make it, they start something else. I've interviewed hundreds of millionaires, billionaires, and elite entrepreneurs. Everyone had had this obstacle. Almost every single one had something that stopped them, that they had to regroup, they had to refigure it out. So they didn't, in, in, in our concept of living like an Olympian, they didn't win the gold. They did now because they kept going. So, but it's such a setback. It's so... I mean, I don't have to speak about anybody. We've had some rough times in the entire world lately. A lot of businesses more than ever have failed and gone under. How do we keep going when we feel, face this adversity? I think the biggest thing, and, and again, like I can speak perfectly to this because after eight years of building a fashion brand, I shut it down and walked away. And one of the things that I really realized about that business and about why it didn't work for me was that it wasn't aligned for me. So I really look at a lot of businesses 
where people build them thinking like, oh, I'm going to choose this business model because this kind of business makes a lot of money. Or I'm going to do this marketing plan because people have told me that, you know, that's the one that works, even though it goes against what works for me, right? And so I see a lot of people falling into traps where they move forward because of the wrong reasons, or they say yes to marketing strategies because of the wrong reasons. And so for me, what I can 100% tell you about, you know, I, I a year later got to really reflect on, on shutting down my brand and what I realized, and I'm actually so grateful that I had that experience was because that business and the structure of having a fashion brand was out of alignment and out of integrity with my core values. So going a little deeper, my top core value is freedom. I love being able to just pick up my laptop and go work at a cafe. Or last week I was working in Manhattan. Or, you know, like I went and stayed with a girlfriend and her two-year-old daughter for a few days and got to work there. And so I love the freedom of entrepreneurship because I can go where I want. I can work when I want, how I want, where I want. When you have a fashion business, you have machinery, equipment. I had a sewing machine that weighed two times more than I weigh. I had stock. I had supplies. I had fabric and patterns. And I had so much stuff. And I had to be in my office all the time because if an order came in, I had to be able to pack and ship it. If I had, you know, a fitting, I had to be in the office to do the fitting, right? There was, it ended up feeling like, a jail cell. And even though I love fashion, both my degrees are in fashion. My grandmother taught me how to sew when I was five years old. I still love shopping for myself, dressing myself, creating fashion for myself. I still sew. Um, that wasn't the best business structure for me because it didn't align with what I need to be fulfilled and happy in the world. And I have seen the same in, you know, I've tried all these different like marketing things that everyone says are like the successful way to do business and they haven't worked for me. And part of it is because they're just not aligned with how I operate and how I do business. So I really think that a lot of business missteps, I, a good part of it is people just not having the knowledge of how to run a business. They don't learn how to manage money. They don't know... <laughs> They just don't understand the nuts and bolts of entrepreneurship. But I think the other part is a lot of people start businesses that just aren't aligned with who they are and what they need to be happy in the world. I totally track with that. I ran a retail business at art store, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't big enough to have many employees, just a couple. Many times I was the only person there and I had to be there the entire day from, yep. you know, a decent early hour in the morning to a decent evening hour. You know, some people would call it two shifts and you have to be there regardless of customers or anything. And on one side, it helps you create because you're working the business. And now we have computers and the internet. It's a lot easier to market and work, at the, work the business. Back then, we didn't have the internet or the computer. So... It was a whole different style and way to market the business and, and grow it. But I totally understand you You just feel that you're stuck in a way. And I don't mean to say that because there's people listening 
They've got great careers. They're hacking their day job. Maybe they're doing something else with their entrepreneurial spirit. But if you love it, I know people that have had their job for 30 years or close to, and they love it. So it's really a matter of what syncs with you and what harmonizes with you because there's different ways to do it. But we're looking at things here from the point of that entrepreneur, when things don't go right, what do you do? And we're going to talk more. We're going to talk in just a few little bit because I want to bring up coaching and mentoring. And there's a whole world on that that we want to we want to make sure we discuss. But one of the things is, I think, realizing that it, there's obstacles. So it's not, you can't judge, oh, something's not working because I hit an obstacle or an impasse. But when you keep hitting that impasse over and over and over and over, you need to strategize. You need to get some with someone. You need to figure that out. Even if you just do it yourself and just step out of the box, because the idea usually can work, whatever product or service you have, it usually can work. It's just a matter of being marketed the right way. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give a, a really not proper example. I'm not going to name names. I, I, I'm trying to be politically correct, but you can have a food, which I personally don't think is very healthy yet. It could be worldwide. Everyone could, could eat it because they went past their obstacles and they learned how to market it. And I really think that that's the key takeaway here on if you're not winning the gold or medal or the bronze or the silver and, and sustaining what you're doing, and it's not something that you'll do for free because there are things people will do because it's their passion. And, and that's a really cool thing because you'll work it and work it because you just love it. As long as you can eat, you're good, right? But I think it really brings down with, a couple things. One, the marketing, uh, which we're going to talk about in a moment, but also part of this is something happens. And since we're talking about the Olympics, let me kind of bring in what I'm saying. Something happens. We've been watching the Olympics in the past year or so, and we see significant moments that struck strike us and all sorts of things. And we can learn from those. And I'd love to see if you could give us a few examples from the Olympics and how we can use that and translate to our lives as, as an entrepreneur to make our own business more successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing to note here too, and, and this will go along with the, the example that I give is sometimes we're not always meant to get the gold either. You know, like sometimes there's more available to us if we get the silver or the bronze. So the example that I'll give you, and, and that I'm this, Again, going to be kind of a bad example because I don't remember who it was. I believe the guy was from Britain, but I don't remember what sport he was in. Um, but there was an Olympian this year, 2021, who got either the gold or the bronze, or sorry, either the bronze or the silver, and he refused it. He wanted to give it back because he said, if I don't get the gold, it was a waste of my time and energy. And I really, truly believe, you know, similarly to my journey with shutting down my fashion brand, and I have had another business that I closed down um, since that time as well. Uh, I learned so much. Like, I feel like I learned more from shutting my fashion business down than I've learned from 
being in a successful business all day, every day, right? And I think that oftentimes we look at either it's gold or nothing. And I think that that's just not the right mindset. Like, of course, we all want to win all the time. Wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where all of us won all the time? Like, that would be so nice. But there's so much learning and growth available when you hit that silver or that bronze. Because when you hit that, what, and what this guy, I wanted to say kid, I know he's a young, he's a young man, uh, has available to him is the opportunity to learn how to become better for the next Olympics, right? So I feel like sometimes we get a little complacent if we're winning all the time, then we just expect to win and we don't really push ourselves. We don't really try to grow or try to refine or hone our skills. And so, you know, I, when I don't win, when I don't get the gold, it's always a matter of sitting down and instead of you pouting about it or, you know, wanting to give back the, the bronze or the silver. It's a matter of sitting down and saying, okay, how could I have done this differently? And what can I do next time to make sure that my results are a little different? Great points. And obviously, and I'm going to make up a number, there's 26,358 people that, that competed for that Olympic, uh, chance event and they didn't make it and out of that thousands and thousands of people a group made it and of that group three people made the silver made the bronze made the gold that's amazing that's like you know and i don't mean to be silly or disrespectful but it's like starting a business and you make all this money and you're successful which defies the odds today because more a preponderance of businesses fail, unfortunately, but you didn't make a million dollars in your first year and you, you give all the money back and you say, I'm going to quit the business. Can you imagine? That's, that's, that's what it's like. It's like, wait a second. You just made $367,000 in your first year. What? So, so no, no, no entrepreneur that I am aware of would ever give all the money back and walk away and do something different because they didn't make the million dollars, which I consider almost akin to being a gold or let's just even say $500,000. You know, there, there is a matter of what you gauge success by and the fact that you've made it, you're sustainable and you're doing something you love. Wow. Now the Olympics is very different. And again, it's usually a one-time only shot. So, and I get that. And, and you, and the person is working you usually their whole life from when they're very young to be, to be superior in that particular sport or competition. I get that. And these may not be the best parallels to draw because we're comparing entrepreneurship and, and being your own business, but we're trying to learn from the lessons of everything. So what, so if you disagree with us, Cut us a little slack because we're just trying to help everyone see the difference here because it's all about helping you be successful. And if you get one aha moment from this entire interview, Bree and I will consider it totally worth it because that's the whole thing is just to help you. So so no disrespect here. We're not trying to, what's that word? Uh, uh, 
diss anybody or do anything or say anything wrong. So please understand it, it, we're just trying to promote and stimulate a bit, a little bit. So let's get into the real good part here. What, if that's the right way to say coaches, when I first heard years ago that Olympians had coaches, I'm like, what, why do you need, you need a coach? You're, you're, you're a super fast runner but you need a coach who's not a runner. It wasn't something I could think with at the time. And I'm talking years, years, years ago. Today, you everyone says it's a no-brainer. You're an Olympian. You need a coach. It just goes hand in hand. You're not, and I, I could be wrong, you're not really going to see an Olympian win the gold and never have a coach. That's almost an impossibility, I think. And where I'm saying, where I'm going with this is I've seen big differences in entrepreneurs who have a mentor or a coach to help them. And, you know, some of my own students and clients have gone on to podcasting fame. I've helped them grow their audience. And, you know, and I've mentioned this before on my show here and there multiple times, I've had a podcast mentor all along, all of these years, I've had someone whose help has been absolutely phenomenal in helping me improve my podcast game. That's Michael Benner. And by the way, he's coming back on my show soon. So stay tuned for that. But back to the point I'm making about coaches and mentors. I want to know, how do you feel this, this would apply to every person, to every entrepreneur who wants to succeed in their business? So I'll explain this first through the eyes of the of sports because I feel like the analogy is a little more tangible this way. The reason that Olympians have coaches is because you need someone outside of you that can see what you're doing wrong or what's just a little bit off, right? So say you're a swimmer and you just like you tilt your body just a little bit with every stroke you take and it's slowing you down. And the coach from up above can see exactly how you're tilting your body in this way that's slowing you down. So the coach can say to you, because you can't feel it, you're in, you're in the pool doing what you do, the coach can see it and say, hey, I need you to pay attention to this particular movement that you're making so that you can adjust it so that you can speed up a little bit, right? Same with golf. A lot of golfers have this where it's like, oh, your hips are just like, tilted the tiniest bit and it's causing, you know, your swing to go off in the wrong direction. The same thing applies for business, right? I was just speaking to a client the other day and I was like, the actions you're taking are not producing the results that you want. So if you're taking this action and it's not producing the results you want, we need to start looking at different ways that you can take better actions to produce the results you want. So oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we get into the habit of just doing what we know because it's what we know. And if there's something that you don't know, you don't know that you don't know what you don't know. So you can't do what you don't know because you don't even know it exists. So having someone on your side to say, hey, you need to tilt your hips a little bit this way, or you need to tilt your actions a little bit this way, or you need to tilt your mindset a little bit this way, or you need, you know, like, it's having someone objective that is outside of you that can look at the actions you're taking, the strokes you're taking, the way you're positioning your hips when you swing that golf club is essential to help make sure that you're in alignment to create the results that you want. 
And I think every single human can benefit that. Whether you're an athlete, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're just per- a person with, uh, you know, whatever. You can, having someone outside of you to say, hey, this is what you want. This is why it's not happening for you. And here's how to course correct to create those results for you. So true, so true, so true. And you know, I've said this again and again throughout this show, but it is the most important point, I think, the biggest takeaway. In addition to looking at sports, there's sports that you like. You like basketball. You love basketball. You have your favorite team. You watch them. You like football when it's football season. Look at your team and learn and how they they work as a team and they make things happen. Because even though you're an entrepreneur, you have a team. You have you have virtual assistants and people that you sub out and people that work for you and with you. That's part of your team. And learn from that. That's really where this is going is learn from that because your team next year, done right, gets better and done right gets better. Or something happens with their coach or the sub coach or other people involved and they they seem to get worse. It's all about the right coaching, the right mentorship to help it. And that is the key most thing. If you really want to succeed, and I, I don't sell coaching, but I'm just pointing out because I've interviewed so many successful people. If you really want to succeed and you're not at least making your bronze level a good six, a good solid six figures every year, I highly recommend really looking at your favorite sports teams and learning for what they do and look at getting a mentor or a coach because that, you know, if someone asked me the difference between success or not with all the interviews, that's what I would say hands down because so many of the people that I've spoken to, we talk, they talk openly about being coached and being helped and so forth. Well, can I, so can I tell you how I got from not making six figures in my business for eight years to making six figures within my first year? It's because I hired a coach. Like I hired someone who was an expert to help me take the steps I needed to take to get to where I wanted to go. And it paid off. And I can tell you, even seven years later, that one, I mean, I've, I've had other coaches since then, but that coaching investment seven years later is still paying off. I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't invested in that coach seven years ago. And it was, I wasn't making a dime in my business yet. That was a multiple five-figure coaching investment. And I said yes to it because I knew that it's what I needed to get me to the level that I wanted to be in my business. And I continue to make investments like that because I know the benefit of them. And I know that I'm good at what I do. I'm really good at what I do. I have blind spots just like everyone else has blind spots. And I can't see when I'm swimming, you know, in the proverbial entrepreneurial pool, I can't see where I'm off or where, you know, where my stroke is wrong or where, you know, like how I can speed up and what I can do. And so I'm the first one in line to say like, yes, I do this, I sell this and I invest in it for myself because it's helped my business exponentially grow over and over and over again. Yep. You said it earlier really well as well on that. You don't know what you don't know. You just don't know. If I knew 
some things about podcasting that I have had to learn the hard way. I think I would be farther along getting 1 million visitors, uh, downloads per my weekly episodes, which is my particular goal. But I don't know until I go through. And so that's why we learn. That's why we train. That's why we, we have podcasts to curate to help us all get through this a lot better. And Bree, one of the things that helps us learn from our guests are personal habits. Some of our guests have amazing habits that help them contribute to the success of accomplishing their vision. So we'd love to know, do you have any personal habits that you feel really contribute to your success? Uh, so the one that I've had probably the longest uh, is I have a daily morning practice, which I know a lot of entrepreneurs talk about. Um, and the reason that it works is because it helps me set myself up for my day ahead. It helps me set up my mindset. It helps me identify what I'm going to be focusing on for the day ahead. It helps me just really get my mind, my body, my spirit all into alignment to be moving in the same direction every day. Um, and I will say one of the new habits that I have implemented that has really helped me is so full disclosure, I'm 38 years old. And I have really never had a consistent workout routine in my life. I've been very fortunate in that I've been the same weight since I was in the sixth grade, minus my first semester in Italy. I was not my same weight that first semester in Italy, but I course corrected and adjusted. Um, but I just started going to the gym really for the first time. And I have to tell you that it has changed so much for me not just within my physical body, but also within my mindset, because I work out first thing in the morning. I go four days a week to Orange Theory. Um, I work out for an hour. They kick my butt <laughs> like crazy. I actually had to leave early from class the other day because I couldn't decide if I was going to pass out or throw up. Like I, I push myself. But what it's helped me with in my business is when I get done with one of those workouts and I'm like, that was hard. That was really, really, really difficult. And there were moments when I thought I wasn't going to make it through. I can walk out on the other side and say, I did that. I did that hard thing. I did that difficult thing. And it's actually made me better because of it. So now when I face things in my business where I'm like, oh, I have to send out this email and I really don't want to do this. Oh, I have to have this really hard conversation and I really don't want to do this. It's, it's shown me again and again and again and again how capable I am of doing hard things and how strong I am, both physically and mentally, to be able to continually show up in my business in the good times and the bad. And so the combination of my morning practice with you know meditation, journaling, all that stuff, and my physical practice is really, truly, I feel like I am the best of the, like, I feel like I'm at the top of my game right now. Maybe it'll get better. I don't know. But so far, like this is the best and really so much of it is I attribute to my new physical movement practice. It's very interesting. I haven't heard that before in that you learn to push through a barrier in the workout and you can apply that or it makes it easier to push through the barrier in your business. It's, I really like the way you presented that. That's very good. That's a good reason to go work out just there. Whether you have a day job or career, especially for you entrepreneurs out there. But you know, 
the one thing about being the entrepreneur is you go from the, the day job, 40 hours a week, and you have your nights and weekends free, so you get to work out and do whatever you want. But then as the entrepreneur, you're working 80, 90, 100 hours a week, but you're having so much more fun because it's, it's all on you. And that's somewhere where you have to figure out how to get the workout in while you bring up your bring up your business and get it more successful. So I really like the way you brought that up. And lastly, we always love if uh, there are any great resources, if there's anything you'd like to share with our audience entrepreneurs, any particular resource, we just would love to hear anything you would like to say on that. Yeah, absolutely. I have two great free trainings if people are interested. Uh, the first is for new entrepreneurs. Uh, if you have not yet started your business and you're ready to, uh, it's how to start your business and begin profiting within 90 days. Um, and then the other one is for established entrepreneurs who are really looking to double or triple their operations. And so both of those are available at freesealy.com slash free resources, sorry, free dash resources um, on my website. And I would say one of my favorite books that I would recommend for everyone um, Maybe a little cliche, although it's not really an entrepreneurial book. Uh, it's called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And what I love about it is that it presents the journey of this boy who's aiming towards this destination. And I won't spoil the ending. It's a good ending. Um, he's going for his gold, basically, right? And what I love about it is that it takes him longer to get to that destination than he expects and he faces challenges and he faces detours and he faces you know pauses and layovers and like all these things on his way to the that gold that he's going after and i just i really love it in the context of entrepreneurship because like you mentioned earlier there's people that are like i need to make seven figures in my first year and if i don't make that seven figures you know i'm gonna quit and it's like it's it's more of a journey and, and I just love the mindset of the journey. And so I would highly recommend if your listeners have not yet um, to pick up a copy of The Alchemist and read it through the lens of being an entrepreneur, even though it is not an entrepreneurial book. Now, that book title is The Alchemist. Isn't that, yes. that that's taking material or that's all about taking lead turning it into gold. lead and other elements mixing it with things like mercury or whatever and making gold very more very applicable good. than i realized when i first started talking about it <laughs> to this episode was not i was not, i was not making the gold connection when i first started talking about it but it does apply to literally going after your gold well let's go make the gold thank you for that reference and we will check that out once again, we talked about living like an Olympian with Bree Seeley. And that site again is BreeSeeley.com, B-R-I-S-E-E-L-E-Y. Bree, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Very insightful. I hope we've really given that motivation, that spark to all our Olympian entrepreneurs out there that probably never thought about being an Olympian. I hope this really motivates you all to be more successful. Thank you so much, Bree. Thank you, Tony. This was a pleasure. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took her vision to reality. What a great chat about going for the entrepreneurial gold. 
Living Like an Olympian with Bree Seely. We talked about so many things and in no particular order, we discussed, well, what makes someone an Olympian? Have you ever thought about that and use that concept in your practice as an entrepreneur? And what habits do Olympians practice that we could benefit from? It's really something to get your mind going. And what do you do when you don't win the gold? Do you know what the gold is? Is it is it a million dollars a year? Is it 500000 Please don't uh, make $367,000 and then quit because you didn't get the gold. It's like, what is the gold? Is it just enough money to live? That couldn't be the gold, I don't think. Just enough money to live and pay some bills. That might be the bronze to be self-sustaining. That could very well be a good bronze level. But work out, what's your bronze? What's your silver? What's your gold? And we talked about significant moments from recent Olympics that kind of really struck us. I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, someone only wanted the gold and wasn't happy with anything else. Now I get that attitude. I get that a lot. We do that in our business, but when we reach success that would not normally be there, we have to take a look at that. And there's a lesson there. So I'm going to leave that. That's for something for you to ponder. Another thing is that Olympians work with coaches and mentors. I've seen this with all the well-off, uh, successful elite entrepreneurs I've interviewed. It is so important to have someone help. Bree really talks really well about somebody from the exterior that can see something. They're outside the box. They don't see, uh, they're not inside the box so they can see a little bit further, they can see more peripheral than you and they can help you. It's a big difference. I've had coaches and mentors help me get to where I am. It's something for you to take a look at also. And Brie gave some great resources. And if you go to her site at the very top of her website, you'll see a banner there. Click on that. You'll see some entrepreneur free resources, some other items as well. And it's all there to help you. I really hope you get a lot of help. And with that, please remember supporting the show with a nice review or some comments on the video platforms. And of course, you can go to TonyDURSO.com slash review for some instructions and help on doing a review. And this is really important. This is, this is why we do this. Share this with a few friends and help them too, all right? I know, I asked you that earlier. All right, use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.